Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. Lord, we welcome your presence in this place. Come, move. We give you permission as if you needed it. But we acknowledge your goodness, your presence, your nearness, your heart to bring us closer to you, to receive more of your love. May we love you back well. May your words be the only thing that comes out of my mouth for it, for building up and strengthening your children. We thank you that it's your desire to strengthen us, to protect us, to grow us. Thank you for having that desire. Thank you for being good and setting things up in such a way. You don't even have to do it, but you have. And I publicly acknowledge it. And I forbid all distraction, guilt, shame, condemnation. But I do loose the conviction of God. And I thank you for the grace to put into action those things which you call us to do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Wow. Thank you. Goodness. Oh, well, what am I looking at? Oh, Smaller Saints. Thank you. Thank you. You heard our grocery store whistle from my precious husband. Okay. So if you hear that, come find us in the grocery store. I'll be in the car because I like the pickups. Look at all those kids. Great. And Josiah, are you helping with that this after, the whatever time this is? Thank you for doing that. If you are, um, if you belong to our body and you would like to help with smaller saints, please do. We could use the help. It is not you're not paying your dues in the nursery. Just don't. Just like we don't have youth pastors that are working their way up to senior pastor. That's not how we do things here. It is a privilege to sow in. So if you have something to give please consider giving it in Smaller Saints to these, these young ones. They are hungry, and they will keep you on your toes. They know that word, right, better than some of us, I definitely think. All right, so today what I want to invite you to is a deeper understanding. Why is everybody sitting back there? What happened? Just move up. So, sorry, um, I would like to invite you to a deeper understanding of spiritual disciplines. I, talk, I talked about this some weeks ago, and so you're going to, what I managed to cram into two and a half hours in K3, I will cram into a shorter, much shorter amount of time for you. But I encourage you, I'm sure we'll put the notes on the web, to go in and dig this out for yourself, just like you do every Sunday, every time someone speaks. But I feel like the Lord is really wanting us to get this because he loves us and he desires more intimacy with you. That's what this is about. All right, we can get a little bit important and have to work for God, but then we can also overcorrect and be completely passive in our walk, in our relationship with the Lord. So I don't want you to go to either extreme. I want you to walk right down the middle by his spirit. And by the way, here's another plug, a good way to know that you're not going this way and you're not going too far this way is to be around other believers. We have cell groups. That is a spiritual discipline that you meet together with one another. I may have said this repeatedly, but it's on my heart, and I believe it's, it's from the Lord, that here in the West, we have a very individualistic idea of what it is to be a son and daughter of our living God. 
It is, you will, you'll hear this, and I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying there's more. Okay, maybe I am knocking it a little bit. It is my personal, Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. Yes, he is. But he said that he loved the world. It's not about you. If your faith is private and you don't talk about it and you don't share it with anybody else, it's unbiblical. You know, when, God, when God proposed the covenant to his bride on Mount Sinai, he had instructions for all of Israel. He didn't just say, uh, Bildad and, you know, Jehu, I want you to do this. He said, no, tell the children of Israel, tell the sons, tell the daughters, consecrate yourself, set yourself apart for tomorrow or the next day or the next day, I'm going to do this. He did not only sing. Now, there are times where, yes, this, and I'm actually, what I'm going to talk about is going to be more in keeping with your personal relationship with Jesus Christ, all right? But it has to be part of a whole. You have to be somewhere for accountability. You have to be somewhere to give. We cannot be, you've heard me say it before for years, and I love it because it's funny, but you can't be big-eared and big-reared. You can't just come here and listen and sit, you have something to give. If you've got anything, if you're born again, then you have been born again by the living God and you have something to give. You have somewhere to serve. Now, is there a maturity level to where you serve and what you do? Absolutely. But that's my, that's my plug. My, that's more than that. It's an exhortation, borderline rebuke. If you are not meeting together with your brothers and sisters, you are... You are treacherously close to being deceived and as the days go on when truth is harder and harder to find you don't want to be out there by yourself you've all heard me say this before you know marlon who remembers mutual of omaha marlon perkins sunday afternoons before hee-haw anyone thank you thank you for my over 45s probably um right it was he would say behold this was on the safari out on the serengeti behold the lone-willed beast. Because, you know, the show was about the lion that week. So, behold, the lone-willed beast. And he'd kind of have a limp out there by himself. And sure enough, that's the one the lion went after. You'll, this is doctrine. <laughs> Don't be the lone-willed beast. All right? Don't get eaten out there on your own. If you do, it's on you. All right? Get, get together with some people with authority Oh. Did I say authority? Did I say that other people could be in your business and say, how are you doing? How are you doing with the Lord? Yes, absolutely. Paul did, and you can see from his letters, he's like, the more I write to you, the less you love me. That is a peril of bringing correction and authority, but you're like, well, don't judge. Yes, yes, yes. The Bible says that we are to judge. I don't know if it's a sermon or a soapbox or what, but you need to hear it. All right, we have righteous judgment in the body of Christ. If you see your brother or your sister in sin, say something. Don't just say, well, it's not my part. And if you've got that sin in your life, kill it, then say something. Check yourself. And then it doesn't say get the, the whatever splinter out of your eye or the log out of your eye and just sit there and pray for them from afar and maybe pray together with somebody about it, right? No, it says, then you go. That is what we are lacking. That is a part of why we are being picked off left and right. right. We must take this seriously. I am telling you, I am weak. Oh, my goodness. 
I am weak. The Lord had to put me in the middle of nowhere living all by myself, right? Because I, I would think I would just be distracted. Or I would compare or I'd be too much in the rat race. He's like, oh, honey, you're just out there. I can't even have you in town. you got to be in the country, right? I am weak, but he is strong, and he knows I'm weak. He knows my frame. He knows I'm made of dirt, but it, I don't take that as an excuse to not do everything I can to honor him. And that's where this scripture comes in, 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8. This is the Living Bible, I guess, LB. But to obtain these gifts, you need more than faith. You must also work hard to be good. And even that is not enough. For then you must learn to know God better and discover what he wants you to do. Next, learn to put aside your own desires so that you will become patient and godly, gladly letting God have his way with you. This will make possible the next step which is for you to enjoy other people and to like them. And finally, you will grow to love them deeply. The more you go on in this way, the more you will grow strong spiritually and become faithful and useful to our Lord Jesus Christ. We have to work at it. Now, that's that. We're not going to the extreme. You are not born again by your works. Paul even rebukes. Those in, um, I think it's, it's the Galatians, Hebrews, yeah, all over the place. But Galatians, he says, have you been bewitched? What happened to you? Having been born by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? He's like, how'd you get born again to begin with? It was God. So you're not going to get all that better just working hard. But at the same time, you've got to submit to God and do what he tells you to do. Then you will grow. Then it is spiritual. Right? And we... We, I'm lumping y'all in with me this morning for you're here. We have overcorrected sometimes where we don't want to be legalistic, right? That's true. I, I remember um, someone would not put their Bible anywhere but on a table. And I was like, well, that's a little legalistic. But do you know what? Maybe I lack reverence. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't put your Bible other places. But maybe it was convicting me that maybe I should revere the word of God a little bit more. Does that make sense? You, you see what I'm getting at? It's not about where you set your Bible. It's about honoring God. It's about the fear of the Lord. We are sorely lacking in the fear of the Lord. We, the house of God, are the ones that are lacking in the fear of the Lord. Right? So I want us to get that. How do we get that? By submitting ourselves to him. He wants you to have that reverence for him. And he's prepared to bring it. And you know when it happens mostly? When you see how good he is. Whoa. It just blows your mind and it draws you in. And I want you to be fascinated with him. So when I say a spiritual discipline, here's, here's something that's going to take the pressure off. It is probably something you already do. All right, I was reading in a book. Where, is JT here? miss them. I was talking to Tucker this week, and then she was mentioning that JT has actually done this with his cell group, but I'm just now finding this book. But it's about nine ways of connecting with God. And this guy brings out a point. He talks about Jesus in Gethsemane. Now, some of you may not even know what Gethsemane is. Okay, it's, it's a garden where Jesus would go all the time. 
right? It's in, it's in this olive grove, and usually we're familiar with Jesus praying in the garden, and it's that pretty, I, this is where I've seen that European Jesus where he's kind of on the rock like this, and that, that sunlight's down and his hair is awesome, right? And, and maybe, it, well, I, I'm pretty sure Jesus wasn't blonde, just saying. Okay, but it's, it's picturing him in communion with the Father. And now, can anybody tell me, this, you're free to say something. If it's wrong, that's okay. Does, can anybody tell me what Gethsemane means? Anybody know? What? The place of the scroll? Is that what you said? Skull. That's Golgotha. Good for you. Um, it's the crushing. Yeah. It's the crushing where they would squish olives. And we all know that that is where Jesus prayed. Well, maybe we don't all know. You do now. That's where Jesus prayed that night before the crucifixion. Okay, the Garden of Gethsemane. We know that's... Now you know. That's where he dropped blood, right? But here's what we may not associate that with. That was his place to meet with God. That was his place of intimacy. He went there often. He didn't just pick there after meeting with all of his followers to go and pray that one time before crucifixion because it was convenient, no, this is where he often went. As a matter of fact, in Luke 21, 37, I'll read this to you. You don't have to find it. It says, and in the day, this is just talking about Jesus' life. It says, and in the daytime, he was teaching in the temple. But at night, he went out and stayed on the mountain called Olivet. Okay, that's the, the Mount of Olives and then the gardens and that. So he was used to going there. He went there a lot. Another place it says this is in Luke twenty two thirty nine says, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples followed him. So this was a place where Jesus really connected with the Father. This was his, his go-to. This was his jam, right? And it was, it was where he chose, he chose where to have the face off. With the soldier, he picked his place of intimacy with God for Judas to come and find him there. Come on, anyone? I was like, yeah, yeah. So that's what a spiritual discipline can be in your life. It is where you connect with God, even if you don't know you have one yet. And I'm going to name some off, but it's where you're strong. You have been there before. You know what it's like to be in this place, and you have a history. You know what the branches are like. You know that worn-out place maybe where your knees have been. You can choose your Gethsemane. And, yes, you may face the hardest trial of your life in that place, but it's a place where you have built up, and there's an intimacy there. And so I'm going to read off some of the places that I know in our house that are your Gethsemanes. I know that Julie, her Gethsemane in a good way is when she is at that piano, when she's at that keyboard, when she is writing these songs, she's connecting with God there. And when things get hard for her, I know you can find her there. Yes, is that right? Yeah. And some of these may be also an exhortation to get after it again, if you haven't in a while. Elisa walks on that dam, right? 
Hannah, when you play that guitar in worship, that's a place where you fill up. Deborah, get out your strongs. Get those books spread out. Get in that Bible study. Cliff goes to Alpine. See, these aren't all studious things, are they? Because sometimes we think that being a follower of Jesus means you have to get out and do Bible study all the time. Very valuable because Donetta is there. Go to the basement. Get that coffee. Get in that chair. Stay there. Read another book. Read ten books. That's her Gethsemane. She meets God there. She gets strengthened there. When she's going to have a fight, that is where she is going to say, come and pick with me, pick a fight with me in this place because I have a history here. I know what I'm doing. Um, let's see. Um, Sophia journals, right? She likes especially those journals that have prompts, right, to make her think, to help her get writing it out. That's where something really comes out of her heart. Anna creates she pours out, is communing with the Lord. Daniel prays, get worshiping and get praying. Karen delves into, where are you? Karen delves into a new musical skill. That's when I know she's really cooking. It's when she, she figures out some part of something that she has never done before. I'll never forget when she started playing the electric guitar. Boom, I was done. That might have been just a gift to me from the Lord. All right, um, Suzanne, I feel like you write people notes. Do you write people notes or email? I know you email, but write notes. Get into that place. See, it doesn't always have to be study is what I'm trying to tell you. If you're like, well, I don't have one yet, you can borrow one of theirs. Do what they do. I, myself, I, I also, you don't have to do the same thing all the time. I cross-train, right? But I, it is consistent that I'm doing something to better myself in the Lord on purpose. And let me tell you, my flesh does not like it. There's some things my flesh likes, right? But there are some that I'm like, oh, I have to press through to do that thing. Why? Because the devil hates it. And if you think there's not demonic opposition, then you're wrong. You're, you're foolish. You're only living on what you can see. They're like, whatever you do, don't let her go for a walk in the pasture. Don't let her get out there. I, I can't wait. I think... Someday that I'm going to go out to our pasture and see in the spirit where I have left things, where I've forgiven people, like banners hanging on trees is just how I see it, where God has answered a prayer or where, where a revelation. I know there are times when I'm like, oh, I remember I understood this when I was standing right here as I was out walking, All right? And I can tell you of a special one that that song you came, years ago, I was devastated. I was dead. I was in the grave. Ask Nancy. She held me when I was boohooing my head off. And so what did I do? And there are, we can't always do this, but if I can do it, you can probably do it. You go away with the Lord. All right, get away. I was out in an RV in the middle of somewhere, and I went in faith that I was going to get some stuff worked out with him in my heart. And I took a book. That's something for me. I read a book by someone else. And it, when I read it, it was God ministering to my heart. And that was the sweet thing because that song was just coming out during then. And I was dead. And I knew that when I went out there because he was calling me that he would come. I knew he would come. And he did. So I've got that with him. That was a Gethsemane for me. 
is reading a book, reading his word, just being out kind of on my own. Now, now, young mamas of young ones, young kids, your Gethsemane may be like this. Boss, I may sleeping. All right, that's okay. You go with what the Lord is calling you to do. Now, if you don't have a clue, like I said, about what any of these things are, just try it. We're not asking you. It's also, it, this is a discipline. It's like any discipline. You don't have to jump in over your head completely the first time you do it. Do it with the intention of doing what little bit you can do well. But if you have never fasted before, 40-day water fast is probably not for you. Okay? Try a lunch. Try a day. And if I can, I'm just sharing a lot out of my testimony because I can credit fasting and that discipline with an accelerated growth for myself early on. There were some things I did that just, wow, put me in another gear, and that is one of them. And it was, I was meeting with Brandy one-on-one. I was fasting, and I was also sitting with her as she ministered to other people. That is a good combination. That is available to every one of you, is to walk with someone closely, to fast in whatever way the Lord tells you, and to sit along and start ministering, start helping, start serving, start giving to people. That's for all of us. That's not unique to me, so that is for you. And those are disciplines, right? It's the things you do on purpose. And this guy that Cannon, where's Cannon? There you are, right directly in front of me. 1% better every day, right? Where we work out, where we used to work out. I'm not with that discipline at that place anymore. But it's not do it all 1,000% every time you do it. Just 1% better every day, right? Showing up is half of the battle or more, right? Getting in that place, going to Gethsemane. Jesus might have liked to have gone and had, you know, PETA somewhere and had somebody waving palm leaves over him to rest, right? He might have gone to his flesh. He might have gone to his comfort. But no, he went to a place where he could meet with the Lord, and he set the stage for when those challenges came that he got to name the time. Any challenge you're going through, it does not have control over you. It does not. You can meet the Lord, and it will meet you there. You have control over that. You have authority over where you have these testings, where you have these trials. Now, you may not have expected, but you can be seated with the Father in heavenly places no matter where you are. Right? It doesn't have to be out in the boonies in an RV. It can be in your car. Okay? But... But wherever it is, now, and I, I, I'm in the car a lot. That's not going to be your deepest place, but it's a good place. But don't let that be your deepest place, okay? All right, so I'm going to tell you that there, there are two different major avenues of spiritual disciplines. And one is like a giving up. We call it abstinence. It's like staying away from. And then the other one is, I almost licked the microphone. Brandy would have been so happy about that. Hope you're watching live on YouTube and cackling. Okay, so a discipline of abstinence. When you, when you step away from something that usually gives you pleasure. Solitude. Some people don't like to be alone at all. Maybe they don't like the company. Right? Get alone. Jesus often got alone. He had to get alone to fill up with the Father. And if you don't like to be alone... Maybe it's because there's so much talking going on that you need to get alone and kill that stuff with Jesus. 
all right? Um, silence. It's amazing what just being quiet will do for you. Sometimes it's kind of hard to come out of it. After you, like when I fly a long way, I'm, I'm generally pretty friendly, but after I've just been quiet for that long, it's a little bit awkward to speak again, but I've gained so much in just being quiet. Fasting, I will talk a lot about fasting because there's such power in it. If you want to know how much flesh you have, get hangry on purpose. You will not have to wonder if you need Jesus, right? And it just messes everything up. And it is usually not eating food. Yes, there are social media fasts. I highly recommend that. Yes, there's this, that, and the other. But a lot of times, it has to do with getting control of your physical body through food. I prefer just don't eat. There are other fasts that, like a Daniel fast, this is what Daniel did, that the short version is no meats or sweets for a while. And to me, that's a little bit more difficult because you have to actually think about it instead of just hunkering down. And, and if you don't understand fasting, get in touch with me. Get in touch with any of the leaders. Once again, talk to your cell leader. And cell leaders, if you're not fasting, then today start so that when they talk to you, you will have. All right? Because Jesus fasted a lot. All right? We deny ourselves. That's the abstinence. You deny yourself comfort. All right? And this is not a, a weight loss program. All right, it's not a hunger strike against God until he does what you want. This is a, I am voluntarily making myself weak and showing how fleshy I can be so that I can kill it. And God, I'm hungrier for you than I am for whatever that is. Because you won't forget that you're fasting. That's usually when I start dreaming about food. Like I'm, I'm pretty much a... a eat-to-live kind of person, not a live-to-eat person. But, man, I have dreams all the time that I break my fast or something, that I mess it up. It's, it's really funny. But, and there are costs to fasting again. I want to tell you that it can if you do it in a sustained way regularly, which is an option. It can mess up your metabolism. It's hard. I like to work out. I mean, I'm just giving testimony here. I want you to have the real stuff. I cannot work out if I'm not eating. So I lose the gains. I finally get up to where I'm not croaking, you know, maybe running a little bit. And then the Lord calls me to fast. And I do. I have to count the cost. I have to check with my, my flesh of going, man, I was getting stronger. <sighs> okay, I'll voluntarily be weaker. Or, gosh, I really like this. And you're telling me to put that aside. Right? Or my body just doesn't do as well with that. See, hunger is one of the issues. But then as you continue on fasting, you also get dingy. Okay, and you schedule stuff at the wrong time, and you have to be aware. So as you grow in this, and you will, then just know that, that the cost gets higher. Yay, it's not just because you're hungry. But it, you, you begin to work things into your heart of, wow, like for me, I'm out of routine right now. Totally out of whack. I don't know what to eat. I'm kind of crabby about it, but I'm getting settled, right? Because it breaks what you're doing every day also, Okay. And another one is frugality. Woo. No retail therapy when you're uncomfortable. Don't fit, do you know what I mean by retail therapy? Right? Don't go shop to get that endorphin high, even if it's just, 
you're cranky, you know what, I'm going to make my, I want a latte, right? Uh Uh-uh, no latte therapy either, no hot tea, no whatever it is. Choose to forgo that every once in a while, right? Okay, Um, chastity, that's being sexually pure. Yes, that should, all of these should be something we're doing, and I don't want to make you feel guilty. I'm inviting you to start. We are all at very different places in this room, and if you crash and burn your first attempt, good for you, you tried. You'll do better. You'll do that 1% better the next time. There will be grace on it. All right, and that's another part of belonging with other people. You can share with somebody that you trust in authority of your life, over your life, hey, I'm going to try to fast. Makes you accountable. You're not bragging about it. You're just saying, hey, could you pray for me as I start this? This is the first time I've ever done it. Or I'm going to do this a little bit. Or I'm not going to buy new clothes for a year. Whatever it is. Okay, Holy Spirit can speak to you in what he knows you need. All right, Um, secrecy. Woo, if you do something good, don't post it. Don't talk about it. Even if people are in front of you saying, did you know that this, that, and the other, and you're the one that did it? Yeah, I did know that. Oh, and you'll want to kind of sneak around and be like, well, I kind of like to hint that I had something to do with that. No. Be quiet. Secrecy. Honor God in it. It will kill something in you. I promise. And sacrifice. Give sacrificially. Grant has talked to us before. Don't just give them a coat. Give them your favorite coat. Right? Little thing. Don't just give them a pen. Give them your favorite pen. Right? Start small or start big. If you're just like, man, the Lord's telling me to sell everything and move to so-and-so. Okay, go for it. That's, that's an option also. Right? So we want to say, all right, Lord, I'm not doing these things. I'm sacrificing to be closer to you because I love you. And there's really nothing we have to give but our love and obedience. Right? That is all you have to give. So he then sets us up and gives us the grace to do it. Okay, so a discipline of engagement. That means these are the things you do, right? Bible study, right? Get in the Bible and read it. And it doesn't mean you have to like the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic and everything else. That's that's okay, right? If it means getting a workbook and going through the Bible study, do it. If it means sitting there with a YouTube teaching on, or school of ministry, hello, anyone, Sunday mornings, sit down and study through it and stop and chew and dig into it and read the scriptures. That is excellent. But I just don't want you to think that's the only thing. I'm never knocking that, especially because I like it. That's a Gethsemane for me. But I think we've alienated some people in Jesus' family by saying you have to study a lot. You don't. You do need to honor God's word and, and meditate on it and chew it. But if it's not your thing to be locked in a room with books and books and books, that's fine. All right? Sing it. Whatever. All right? Next, worship. Oh, that's powerful. Worship, worship, worship. And this doesn't, and it's not a passive thing. I didn't say listen to worship music. That's a good thing. But I mean worship him. Right? Like we did today. Right? Especially when you get active in it. God, I thank you for this. God, I thank you for this. Posture yourself physically. 
jump, get on your face, get on your knees, lift your hands. Whatever God is pulling you to do, worship him with your words. Do you know that journaling can be worship? God, you are amazing. God, you are this. Painting. All of these things can be worship. Celebration. Do you know that God loves to party? He does. He's got a big wedding planned for us. We are the guests of honor. It's about the feasts of the Lord. He set up time say, I definitely want you, and I want you to eat this and eat this, and it's good. Right? We want to come together and celebrate. Shameless plug. plug. We have a new grandbaby. When I walked into our meeting, everybody said, yeah, how's Georgia? We celebrated together. Party. I am the world's worst at this. Maybe not the world's worst, but probably pretty close. I'm really good at being bad in some things. I'm nailing this. Because I so long for routine that when people want to have a holiday, it just messes up my one more chance of having routine because I have so little routine. Is anybody out here? No? Just me. Okay. I'm like, I love Mondays because I'm like, it's one more chance to do the stuff in a row that I didn't get to do in a row last week. Anyone? No? Just the people who travel a lot? Anyone? Where you're like, I did the same thing on a Monday twice in a row. I love that. So if somebody wants to throw a holiday in there and wants to stop and celebrate something, I'm like, okay, yes, yes. And then I get there, and I'm, that's something I'm, I'm just confessing. I'm growing in this, right? And I have a lot of people in my family, which means a lot of birthdays, right? And I'm, I really want to celebrate them because I love to be celebrated, so we can grow in that one another, celebrate each other, come together, make a big deal about stuff. Service. We have a million opportunities to serve. And do you know that serving is not just handing stuff to homeless people? Anyone? Right? Estella? Where are you? I'm just name-calling today. Everybody's looking at the floor now. But Estella, she, she is especially gifted at helps. Like, it's her Gethsemane, just be mopping, right? That she loves to clean, to cook. She is serving so well when she does that. Whoever moved this over is serving. It's not just in the house. Be a servant wherever you are. If you see that the copier needs paper, put the paper in, right? But pick somebody and choose to serve them. That's what Jesus, can you believe that our God serves us? And he chooses to. He is still ministering to us. Prayer. Oh, come on. Could the guilt please go away? None of us are as good at praying as we think we should be. And we're right. 1% better every day. Lord, what if I listen to prayer? <laughs> what, what if I'm around prayer? That's a good start. It really is. Pray. Open your mouth and say it out loud. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. All right? So, but if you feel like you're, a bad, you're bad at praying, then, then you probably won't. Look, I, one time, I nailed it praying. I fasted. When I prayed, I was hitting the, I mean, I was on it. 
Nothing happened. And then there have been other times, well, nothing I saw anyway. And then there have been other times I'm like, Jesus, would you open that situation for them? And then, bam, there it is, right? So if you just pray all the time in every manner, you're going to do something, and you're going to get better in every way, all right? If you don't know what to pray, just start reading the Psalms and start praying them out loud and plugging your name in or plugging someone's name in, all right? But we have to be people of prayer, not just intercession, either talking to God all the time. We We've got to grow here, but if we feel like we're doing a bad job, nobody's going to try it. Just try. Just start. Just continue. Just keep doing what you're doing, right? Um, Fellowship, I've already hit that a lot, of get together with other believers. Can I say something? That your best friend is not supposed to be an unbeliever. It's not. Bad company corrupts good character. That's in the word. Yes, get out there. Get amongst all the people. Jesus did. That's what we're supposed to do, right? But be around other people that pull you up, that provoke you, that make you better, right? Next, we have confession. Well, look, I exemplified that about me and holidays, right? Confessing one to another. Oh, that's about as much fun as fasting, right? You're like, oh, I, I got this, Lord. I've got this. No, the Bible says that confess your sins one to another and you will be healed. So if there is somewhere that you're not getting breakthrough, may I suggest to you, confess your sins one to another. Now, don't just talk about it. We have to kill it. This message was brought to you by the Garden Gathering Church, a family of spirit-filled believers in San Angelo, Texas. We long to encounter God's presence and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.thegardenstc.org to realize how the revelation of Jesus Christ can fulfill your mandate in the kingdom of heaven.